0: God. Okay,
1: fabulous. Let's see if this production will not fall apart this time. I'm like so 20 feet away from the Wi-Fi thing, so like there's it's, if, it's, if something happens, it's not me.
0: You went from trying to uh, catch Sasquatch at night to <laughs> now I know Sasquatch and I'm trying to learn and gain his trust.
1: I know, it kind of does look like I'm more out there now, doesn't it?
0: Besides the obvious fence behind you, um, it looks like you're coming to us live from Jurassic Park. So that's (laughs) cool.
1: I Uh, I know how you.
0: I know how you love to like embody and exemplify how country you are, but it's starting to hamper on the production value of this podcast.
1: You're you're right. You're right. I should just move. (laughs)
0: Or maybe, maybe, just maybe record inside for once. It's but worse I, in there.
1: See, so I know what you're talking about. No, also, you're, I do-
0: you're, you're just unapologetic, which I have to respect. <laughs> I don't like it, but I have to respect it.
1: Like a member of Congress, I should really run. I would be great at spitting bullshit and then just kind of laughing about it and then like moving on.
0: Uh, I don't think you're you're uh what's the word satanic enough to do that job i mean you know
1: i could i could get around to it you know no one's ever really pitched to me actually i've heard some pretty good pitches for satanism can't lie
0: well you're black so you've seen enough horror movies where you're like "Mm, maybe not uh i'm gonna pass whereas the white people are more likely to like you know do dmt and roll around in their own feces and like try to communicate with dwarves and stuff
1: mm, yeah that that you know that's like vampires is that is that white culture i think it is
0: yeah people say we have no culture dude we fucking <laughs> we do dmt and we communicate with elves. so so mm. i don't i i maybe i'm missing something but I, that sounds pretty culturally relevant right you guys are basically uh, wizards Basically, I mean, every wizard you've ever seen, tell me he's not white. Dude, Lord of the Rings is a fictitious place, and the head wizard was white.
1: Yeah, you know what? I can't even think of a not white wizard. Hold on.
0: Because they don't exist.
1: There was like the two niggas in Harry Potter. It was like two niggas that had like 15 minutes of screen time in the whole movie, the whole series, probably.
0: I do see. I wasn't a Harry Potter fan, right? So I didn't even know that they had black people.
1: It was actually only one nigga, and he was friends with the two white twins. There was also Chang Cho. Don't forget Chang Cho coming through with the Asian representation. I think yeah, that was it was so Chang Cho. Cho Chang.
0: Yeah, but, but it doesn't matter right but at the same time (laughs) you're changing the conversation that you can't name a white wizard a non-white or non-binary wizard
1: what non-binary
0: non-white non-binary non non, it just not scottish i would argue that Voldemort was actually
1: non-binary
0: why? like to- it didn't have a nose. Is that symbolic for his penis? <laughs> um,
1: well, because he wasn't human and he I don't think he had sex.
0: Well, just because you're neutered doesn't mean you're non-binary, right?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I like- can put some more thought into that one. I'd have to reread a little bit of the lore. Uh. But yeah, you know, I really can't think of any besides those two. I can't think of any not, not white wizards.
0: Yeah, so that just goes to my point that you wouldn't be good in Congress. <laughs> but how the fuck uh, is
1: Cory Bush doing it?
0: Who's Cory Bush?
1: She's this. She's a black Congresswoman.
0: Well, she's, she's she's
1: one of the squad. Oh, the squad! Yeah, the squad. They've had a good week, by the way. They've had a really fun week.
0: Have they? Because they kind of have, haven't been relevant since they've been getting in spats
1: with the orange man. Well, so. it looks it, it, well, under the leadership of Bernie Sanders, they've officially first off, if uh, we might as well jump right into the news. Um, have you heard? Did you hear that the government almost shut down this week? No. Yeah, it's it's funny how often I notice, like every time there's like an impending government shutdown, like each time less and less people like notice or care. Because it's getting to the point where it's like, OK, whatever. This is Tuesday, I guess. You know, we,
0: shut, we sh- I, didn't we shut down last year or two years ago? We, we did shut down a lot. last
1: year. We definitely shut down once. And I think there were like two or three times that we almost shut down.
0: Yeah. the Dude, this is the great thing about America is we really don't need the government. So that like part. when that shit, when that shit shuts down, we're like, good. Thank good, God. Literally,
1: I say shut it down. I mean, the more it happens, the better. The, the more likely, the more it's likely that people will realize that, like, these people don't do anything in the first place. Yeah. So it's, like, it's really fine if it's not functioning. A lot and of it doesn't,
0: and just because there's a federal shutdown of the capital doesn't mean, like, local policemen aren't working, like, yeah, like, a, local... like a,
1: a bunch of the main stuff we need still runs, so it's kind of like, mm, I don't know.
0: Yeah, what What do we need them for?
1: Yeah, I don't I think maybe they, like to cut the checks like cops and teachers checks will not get cut maybe but I don't but even then, know but they
0: still but they still be working though yeah they do so the state obviously so the state and the municipality is probably front the bill and they're just like all right federal owes us this check mm. dude by the way I'm going to let you go but the city of Chicago, like we're not talking about a federal entity. We're talking about a municipality of a really mm. big city. And I don't, I may get doxxed for this. They owe, they owe the company I work for $5 million. Oh
1: shit. Y'all ain't never getting that shit back.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. They, they wait till we, owe, they owe us 10 million and then they'll give us like two or 3 million and they'll like, he, they'll just drop a little breadcrumb and they'll be like, w- you're going to still use us. But um, it's just crazy how government, they don't really, they have to, they don't really have to pay. They can just run up a bill.
1: Mm. You know, I'm glad you said that because that's actually what the news story that I was getting into was is, is about. Because the reason we almost shut down is because it's time to raise the debt ceiling again. I don't know if you're familiar. For any any of the listeners who are not familiar, essentially am. what America does is it racks up a few trillion dollars of debt every year, and then we say, "Hey, either we don't pay this, or we make it legal for us to pay pay it." So essentially, later. every now and then, uh, huh?
0: It may, we we make it legal for us to pay it off later, right?
1: Um. Well, really, yeah, to pay it off later, but it's debt that we've already incurred, usually, and in this case, that's the case.
0: Uh, yes, but it, it it increases our capacity for debt. Yeah. So we can we can go into debt further without yeah. having a total collapse of U.S. Mm-hmm. bonds.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: at the end of the day, all of that th- this is exactly what happened in two thousand eight. Um, eventually, a bubble is going to pop, right?
1: Oh, most definitely. I mean, I feel like that's that's obvious, regardless of what Congress does at this point. That's coming, but let me see if I can try to explain the situation that led to the almost shutdown in a way that makes sense. Okay, so essentially, right now there are two. The Democratic Party has two bills that they're fighting over between the progressive Democrats and the moderate Democrats. Uh, The moderate Democrats are trying to get this one trillion dollar infrastructure bill done, um, which I don't. We don't even have to talk about right now how bad the bills are but we can get into that if you want to but the progressive the moderates are trying to get that done the progressives are trying to get the 3.5 trillion dollar build America better bill done or build back better bill whatever the fuck it's called um at least they're claiming it's 3.5 trillion new estimates from the budget committee are saying that it's four point is gonna be closer to 4.5 trillion um
0: but what what is it is it also infrastructure what what kind it's got of like it is?
1: It's got um, it's got some. Well, it's got a lot of shit in it. Okay, so it's got. First of all, it expands the child's tax credit. Um, it has money in there for like tree equity for like some kind of a tree planting thing. It's got a lot of money that's supposed to be going towards climate change. Uh, so like the the housing program, the like the green housing program that they that Biden's been wanting to do is in there. Uh, subsidies for various industries that I guess are supposed to help with the climate change thing.
0: It's like the green new deal kind of repackaged
1: kind of. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's so much in it that it's really hard to even say what the bill is about because like one provision in the bill would give the, uh, would give OSHA the ability to charge businesses seven that have unvaccinated employees, $700,000 per employee, which is like, (laughs) yeah.
0: As someone who works under the authority of OSHA, this is what I got for you, <laughs> and, I, and and I'm vaccinated, by the way. But
1: still, <laughs> yeah, don't fuck yourself, dude. So that's in there. I don't know why that's in there. Um, I mean, I think you know you could probably come up with a few ideas why it's pretty irrelevant as to why it's in there. Um, there, there there's tax a, hikes in there. There's a lot. It's a lot going on in this bill.
0: Can we? Can can it? Like, why is it legal? to make a bill that sweeps across... Like, you're making one bill. But That's it's a gonna good question. Co- it's going to cover a million things. So That's- to make it a law would be, in, in, a, in reality, would be making, like, hundreds of thousands of new laws.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, like, we wouldn't even really... Be able to and I've heard multiple people say this over the past week. We wouldn't really be able to understand the actual effect of the bill until like a little bit after it was passed into law, because it's first of all, it's got like 4000 pages. It's it's massive. Like it's one of those bills that it's like they don't want anybody to read it. It's literally it's hard to find it. They've got a bunch of there's been a but there's been multiple Congress um, people speaking out and essentially saying that, like, either. They don't really know what's in the bill or they were lied to by Pelosi or they were not given certain information by Pelosi or Chuck Schumer. Like there's just a lot of like not it seems like almost nobody really knows exactly what's in the bill, including like the leadership of the Democratic Party. But here's it where the drama it, comes from. Sorry, go ahead. The drama comes from because, OK, so essentially progressives, they want this three point five which is really going to be four to five trail. Uh <clears throat> The moderates, they want the one trillion for infrastructure. Um uh, Pelosi and Schumer supposedly struck a deal, right, with the progressives um, going back a few weeks that essentially both bills would be brought onto the floor at the same time. The one point trillion or the three point trillion, three point five trillion would go first. And progressives essentially said, if you vote our three point five trillion in, then we'll vote your one trillion in. OK.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: oh, God.
1: Now, although supposedly this is this had been a deal made between like Pelosi and Schumer and the leadership of the progressive caucus, uh, a lot of other de- a lot of other members, specifically Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, um, who are becoming my favorite Democrats, they said, "I didn't hear about none of that. I didn't make no deal with nobody saying that I would sign something if you sign something." No. They're Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, And as you know, like the way uh, the the number of seats that are held in the House, like they need every Democrat to pass the bills that they want to pass. So with Joe, uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema saying they're not going to vote for either of these bills. Both these bills are dead in the water. Um, And that's where that is where the tizzy comes from, because Joe Manchin wants this. He wants to get the one point trillion dollar bill up, and he wants to get that voted for first because he feels like that one's actually necessary. It's probably I feel like it's probably still too much fucking money, but he feels like that one's necessary. We can talk about this three point five trillion at a later date. Now, Bernie Sanders and the rest of the Progressive Caucus have essentially said, uh, no, fuck you. We'll kill both the bills. It's essentially it's kind of interesting because. This is one of the first times that we've really, really seen the Progressive Caucus really bow up at the rest of the Democratic Party because they talk a lot of big shit. You know, Bernie and AOC, Cory Bush, they talk a lot of big shit. But at the end of the day, usually when it comes time to vote, they vote with the party. Um, but it's looking like this might not be the case. It's looking like the Progressive Caucus-, Caucus is actually making a play to see how much power they really do have in the party. Right. Because if they are able to bully this 3.5 trillion onto the docket and get it voted for before the 1 trillion, then that shows that they actually have a lot of power. Right. If they don't though, and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema derailed this whole thing, then that shows that the most progressive de- or the most moderate Democrats are the ones that actually have the most power. So it's very interesting in terms of like well, how is the power in the party working? Yeah. I think. It's
0: clear the moderate Democrats have the power right now. As someone who comes a fan of the fight game, of the entertainment business, I can see right through this. What this is, is public negotiation. Uh Uh, The the progressives are trying to play hardball, Mm -hmm. saying we're just not going to let both bills hit the floor. We're going to scorched earth this thing. While the moderates are the, the Joe Manchins of the world and the whatever woman whose name doesn't matter who you said, Kirsten they Zuma. whatever <laughs> they are saying, look, you need every single vote to get your shit passed. So any one of us has the power to make get our get our negotiation. Uh requirements on the table. So we're going to hold this shit up until you give us what you want. So they both come out publicly and said they're not budging, but I guarantee you this is just for leverage so that when they go to the negotiation table, they're able to work something out in, in, in both of their favors. Mm. If nothing gets worked out, then that proves that they can't work together and the, it, any time it doesn't even matter if the Democrats ultimately are in power because there's they're not able to come to an agreement uh, at the negotiation table. So that's that's what I'm seeing right now, and I again don't keep up with the news, mm-hmm. but I I know what their play is. They're 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 going. They're looking for leverage.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. It's definitely a case uh, where you have the two kind of two. Butting heads sides of the Democratic Party figuring out just how much leverage they have over the other side. Um, what's interesting about it is that, like, Joe Manchin and Kirsten, Sin- well, Kirsten Sinema has been kind of, she hasn't really given a lot of details as to, like, what the bill would need to look like for her to want to vote for it. Joe Manchin, on the other hand, has said that his cap is $1.5 trillion. Um He's also said he doesn't really feel like we should be spending that considering inflation stagnation that's going on. And the fact that over the past year, we've dumped six to seven trillion dollars into the economy. So he's saying, like, we should, like, chill and, like, let the economy do what it's going to do and observe before we continue to spend a bunch.
0: But at the the end of the day, that's disingenuous from Joe Manchin. What they really want is what they're not going to say on camera, what they would tell the progressives at the negotiation table. Hey, give my give my county or give mm-hmm. my voters this so I don't have so I can win my next election. Yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. Kristen Cinema is actually being more honest by not saying anything because she just wants so. she just wants her paper. Yeah. Yeah. By the way,
1: Kristen Cinema, you might know her because she's the one that dresses like the girl from Lazy Town. I don't know what lazy town is. Oh, my God. I can't. Um, But okay, so we haven't even got to the shutdown. So all of that's happening. Right. The the Democrats are fighting over over these two bills. Meanwhile, we're supposed to raise the debt limit. Now, what McConnell and the Republicans are saying is we're not going to join you in raising the debt limit as you're trying to push through two massive bills that we don't need, at least according to Republicans, don't feel like we need those bills. they're, they're actually willing to work with them on the infrastructure bill. It's the big fat three and a half trillion dollar bill that pretty much no Republican is like even interested in having a conversation about. Uh,
0: Because anyone who's driven on American roads mm-hmm. knows that they need some work. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and, you know, Republicans, uh, most of them do acknowledge that like the roads, like roads could use work, bridges and stuff like that, like traditional infrastructure. Most Republicans are pretty on board for funding. Um. But essentially what like Mitch McConnell is trying to do is trying to is trying to put all of this on the Democrats. He's trying to because what, what the Democrats are going to do is if the Republicans don't raise the debt limit with the Democrats in the normal kind of vote that they do, then Democrats can take that to the debt reconciliation process, which they used before to pass the last several trillion dollar bill. Um, he's, he's essentially Mitch McConnell's trying to put all, trying to make it to where Democrats have to do pass their agenda along party lines so that he can say, look, they totally did this along party lines. They weren't willing to compromise. They just passed what they wanted to pass. And they did it with this debt reconciliation process, which is problematic from like a constitutional perspective. Um, And so, yeah, that's why the government almost shut down this week, because McConnell was like, no, until you guys figure it out with your two bills. No, we're not doing it. Now, didn't shut down because they did an emergency vote, funded it for the next couple of weeks. So now it's supposed to run out on the 18th. The government's going to run out of money, supposedly on October the 18th, if we don't raise the debt ceiling. Um, and that's essentially where we're at, where you, we've just got like we've got the progressive progressives, moderate Democrats, and we've got the Republicans all Really seeing like how much leverage they have over each other, although I would, maybe no, that's not true in the case. of The Republicans, I don't think the Republicans are, are, are looking for leverage. I think the Republicans are looking to. Get the Democrats to, to make these decisions because they think they're going to be bad decisions, and that's going to reflect when it comes time for the next election.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's like it's a very dangerous game of Russian roulette that the Republicans are playing, but it's, yeah. it's a, it's a desperate play, but it, it, it it's probably the smartest play they have right now, which is if we don't raise this debt ceiling, people are going to be pissed because lives are going to change. Right. But the Democrats are the ones in power so we can be like it wasn't our fault mm-hmm. if we were in there, we would have fixed it. Yeah. So it's a very interesting it's a very risky play, but I see what I see why they're doing it. Um, yeah. now, and it could it could work great for them.
1: Well, see now and now here's the part of all this that make that confuses me a little not really confusing me, but makes me think that the Republicans are like not actually because they're saying we shouldn't raise the debt limit. that's like the public. Message that Republicans are giving that we just don't need to incur more debt, but that's an unrealistic stance to take at this point in time. Because if we don't raise the debt limit, then the United States will be defaulting on its loans. Now, that's not something that has happened, I think, since the but the crash of two thousand and eight. Um, it's not something that we want to happen. Uh, first of what? all, defaulting on your loans, it's a lot of people say that a lot of economists say that'll fuck up the value of our dollar. Um, also. Also, considering um, considering the global temperature right now, when you look at China and look at stuff like Afghanistan um, and the fact that a lot of the free world is deciding whether or not to be backed by China or be backed by America. It could be problematic because what is the rest of the world going to think when they see the United States defaulting on its loans? They're going to think, okay, well, that's the United States is no longer a safe bet. We're going to bet with China, which would be the next safest bet um republicans know this and so like this idea that republicans have or, or, or this idea that they're trying to put in people's heads that they are just that if it was up to them they just wouldn't raise the debt limit that's bullshit they're
0: obviously that's bullshit they all know. but but if they prevent the democrats from doing it they get to put all the blame on the democrats
1: oh yeah yeah and why, all about the it's all about like what's going to happen next year in the midterms that's all it's about
0: yeah watch watch uh the second the republicans get in power to be like we're definitely raising this but (laughs) yeah but i mean it's just like we saw the same
1: thing with between obama and trump you know obama passed uh, the stuff he passed republicans wouldn't shut the fuck up about how expensive it was trump got in and he spent more money than obama it's like it, it Every there hasn't been like a time where Republicans were in office and they didn't spend as much money as Democrats do. So it's kind of like, what are we even? It's very transparently just like kind of political and like not even like really a conversation about how to keep the country running.
0: Obviously, dude. Yeah, what? <laughs> yes, that's what this whole thing is. It's fucking. It's pro wrestling. It's fucking Brock Lesnar versus Randy <laughs> Orton. It's fucking the curtain opens and Donald Trump's all like, <laughs> like looking like this, and he walks up and he and he's like that the whole time, and he gets the mic and he's like, "We ain't spending it. We're making China pay for it." And everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Like. It's 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 positioning
1: and Mm. it's and
0: it's public perception and it has nothing to do, nothing to do with with the nitty gritty of like what actually has to get done in order for a full day's work in in politics.
1: Yeah, no I mean it's it's I mean if you consider when you think about the number of different issues that we have, they could be bringing like Both parties could be bringing multiple smaller bills. That are more focused and address issues and are more likely to get passed. Neither of the parties are trying to do that.
0: Yeah, the
1: the all, the last the only bills I've heard Republicans uh, proposing are like bills to like investigate elections and shit. And I'm, <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 which they're still yeah. they're still
1: ringing that fucking bell. Ugh, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so. You know, we'll know on the 18th of October, are we are we running out of money? Are we going to print more money? You know, who knows? We all know we're going to print more, but who knows? You know, one of those situations. I do have to say the the, one of the funnier parts about it has been the the uh, progressives messaging about it. Okay, AOC did this event where she like went outside the front of the Capitol and there I guess there were a bunch of like liberal people. I don't know if this was organized or if these people were already there demonstrating, but she was in a crowd of liberal people, right? And she's got a mic and she's talking to them. And she goes, she goes, she goes, they say to us, why can't you just take less? What I hear when they say take less is you take less so that I can take more. Like, she had this weird, like, it sounded like a Dr. Shoes book where she was talking about how, like, <laughs> essentially compromise is theft is essentially like the the message from the progressive party right now is that compromise is theft. Yeah, which has been it's been entertaining yeah. considering we are and we literally come from a country, OK, that was started in a room with a group of like 30 men who that, that number is probably wrong, but a group of men, some of whom like owned slaves, some of whom thought slavery was evil, found a way to come together and make a country that has lasted over 200 years, but compromise is theft.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I would be willing to bet like 99.9% of people today would be like, slavery, not chill. But get us to agree on like anything, not also not possible. Yeah. So um, it is. it's wonky. Uh, and it's, it's, have you seen on another note, have you seen the, the video where AOC is in front of, she's in New York. I think she's in New York and she's talking to a bunch of Jewish people. She's at like a, like a Jewish conference and she's, uh, she's like, I am Jewish. Did you know I'm also Jewish? No way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this woman and not just her as well, it's, it's, it's politicians, they will say whatever it takes. They really will. Yeah.
1: Have you seen the campaign,
0: the Will Ferrell Zach Galifianakis movie?
1: I know I have not.
0: It's it's just a real. It's not even that good, but it's a comedy, and uh, one of the scenes is Will Ferrell, and they're doing cut scenes, jump cuts every three seconds to him at different speaking events, yeah. and he's at. He's in a black neighborhood, a white neighborhood. He's in a steel mill. He's in an auto manufacturer. And he's like, he's like, white people are the backbone of that. Black people are the backbone of this country. Steel, <laughs> steel workers are the backbone of this country. Mexican immigrant grandmothers who can't speak English, but make tacos are the backbone of this country. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's saying whatever needs to be said in order to get the crowd behind you. Right.
1: Yeah, Um, I think it's funny that that's a comedy movie, but you can see like equivalent, equivalent like faux pas going down in real life. You can see like the essentially what you just described is like happening right now all the time.
0: Of course, the reason comedy is funny is because there's there's truth in it. So yeah, uh, that really how it be sometimes. So I mean, I mean, I mean, the infamous Joe Biden like. Letting little black kids sit on his lap stories uh, <laughs> that he he thinks somehow are going to win him over the urban vote. Remember when uh, he started
1: talking about how hairy his legs were? Yeah. I don't even. And he
0: talked about how kids would rub on his legs. And yeah. Be like, be like, gee, you're hairy, mister. Like, that never happened.
1: That Yo, I feel so happened. bad for Jen Saki. She's a like a flaming cunt. Do you know who Jen Psaki is?
0: No. That's uh,
1: she's the current White House press secretary. She's the redheaded lady that's uh, always being mean to the journalists, always getting snappy. Uh, Well,
0: I've never heard of her. She's irrelevant. She's ginger, so she has no soul and uh, a press secretary being a cunt. That's nothing new either.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's her job to be a cunt, you know, so you can't really fault her. But uh, I do feel for her because I know every fucking time this nigga says some crazy shit like that, she just like puts her head in her hands like, oh, my fucking God.
0: Like, I mean, what do you think? What do you think Trump's press secretaries had to go through? That's why he had like four of them because yeah, you're right.
1: He did. He went through press secretaries like fucking pairs of socks, bro,
0: because your job is to take shit, basically,
1: Yeah, which it's, you know, I see Republicans coming for her a lot, and I'm like, y'all do realize that she's just doing her job. Like, if you're gonna be mad at somebody, don't be mad at the bitch. She's like, she's just supposed to make th- everything sound like it's not falling apart. That's, like, what she's doing.
0: Yeah, plenty of people have a similar type job, and no one faults them. She is, for- a con-
1: though, like, a b- reporter just asked her, like, a question about abortion, like, just, like, this past week, and she's like, have you ever had a baby? I didn't think so. And I'm like, okay, well, you're like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, bitch, she, basically, she basically said to the entire White House press corps that if you're a man, you better not fucking ask a question about abortion, bitch. Mind your business.
0: Yeah, whatever. Whatever. She's Soulless, an inspiration. Uh, Soul-less broad. Yeah. Soulless, Soul-less witch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's all of them. That's literally all of these people. Like, you can't even. It's amazing to me. It's continually amazing to me that anybody manages to pick a side, honestly. How do you manage yeah. to pick a side between? I I,
0: mean, have, you, have you seen the South Park where it's it's a giant douche and a turd sandwich are running for yeah. president? Yeah. And it's it, it's just it's just like when you look at it, it's just Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. But they call them by name as huge douche and turd sandwich. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's like you pick your poison in this goddamn country.
1: I mean, it really is. It's it's. It's you know it's 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 like watching a sport where you don't for me at least it's like watching a sport where I do, I've never heard of either of the teams. And they're both yeah. cheating all the time.
0: Yeah. And the refs are both also still cheating. Are good.
1: Yeah, and they're yeah. bad. They're terrible at it. Yeah. That's one of the most amazing things is that like all of our politics is just politics at this point. Like it's none of it's like conversations about like fixing the country, but somehow they're all managing to still be bad at the politics part of it
0: yeah it's it's because we grew it's because these people they didn't grow up but we grew up with the the social media it somehow infected the older generations to just like be facebook arguers so they they treat it's like facebook irl like they just fucking they just all they want to do is burn people like get in a burn and a singer but they don't actually want to do anything it's It's weird, but I mean, they do want power. That that hasn't changed, but yeah, they do want power. About it is so. Remember, there used to be a good old days where there was only white. Men as politicians, <laughs> and they would make backdoor deals. Yeah. Remember when backdoor deals were a thing? Yeah. Like,
1: you almost want get- to go back to the days where we just didn't know about any of this shit that was going on, and they just told us what they wanted to tell us.
0: Yeah. Nixon didn't know he was being taped, so he said faggot. Like, come on. And
1: and, 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 and that was legendary. And we'll, we'll never get a moment like that because now they just say faggot in front of the cameras.
0: Yeah, it's a positive now.
1: Yeah, now everybody's like, yeah,
0: fucking fight back against the
1: fucking liberal, whatever yeah. the fucks. It's, whatever. Oh, uh, I mean, you know, one fun thing in politics, this is like, let's go conspiratorial here. Let's go cons- a little bit conspiratorial. So I'm sure you've seen the 10,000. Is it over 10,000? I think it's over te- many thousands of Haitian immigrants continuing to enter um not from haiti by the way (laughs) most of them are not coming from haiti they've been living in like venezuela and shit and they're coming they're now they've decided america seems like the place to be so they're coming there's all these pictures that have been coming out of these people wearing biden harris t-shirts okay this is this this is very interesting because this is such a deep fake who is paying for that i want to know who is paying for it? Somebody's Biden obviously paying to put our but why would they? Because it's a bad look for them.
0: Why is it a bad look?
1: Because like because it's 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 a complete disaster what's going on there. They're letting thousands of people a day into the country without like even having a way to keep track of them. Um I mean,
0: we're doing the same thing with Afghanistan refugees too at the same time
1: yeah although that's a little bit i would say it's a little bit of a different situation most of them have green cards and shit, um or they already had the paperwork done to be to have asylum um whereas this ha- the haitian thing it's like these niggas are just showing up and like there's not actually there had like there has not actually been any kind of a disaster in the in the re- a recent period of time that would like justify all this asylum seeking um at least according to our laws not saying that like you know justified morally according to our laws like there hasn't been anything the, like the last big thing in Haiti was an earthquake that was over two years ago, so well, um,
0: if you said if you're saying they're coming from Venezuela, we all know
1: Venezuela's fucked, yeah, well, apparently, it's a lot of people that did leave Haiti during that earthquake and then they've been in South America in various different countries, and now they're coming up for whatever reason um
0: oh uh, I have a re- I have a guess <laughs> because America's better, that's my guess,
1: yeah, yeah, um. But no, what I want to know is who's paying for all these T-shirts, because like that's.
0: No, no. OK, so let's go back to it. Why is it a bad look if Biden and Harris are the ones paying for it?
1: Oh, because like it essentially the when, when, because it feeds right into what Republicans have been saying, right? Because what Republicans have been saying about this is that the reason that this crisis is happening is because Biden and Harris have like an open border policy, essentially. Um...
0: But it, I, I would say on the con the other side, it also feeds into the Democrats hands because they want they that's something that they don't really deny that republicans accuse them of huh. which is yeah we let everyone in we we we're the land of promise of of, of 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 promises of opportunity so we just let everyone in
1: yeah that's
0: that and and some democrats some democratic voters will eat that up
1: mm.
0: because they don't want to be in any way viewed as xenophobic or racist
1: well that's interesting because it sounds like because what you're saying is that democrats want their their name on this what's happening at the border they want their face on it Uh,
0: what do you have mexican border
1: yeah that's where the haitians are coming through is the mexican border
0: yeah i think they don't want cages i think they want everyone to come in
1: okay and you think they want their face on that it's okay See, OK, yes. the reason that the reason that I would that I would have to push back on that a little bit is because the main leadership of the Democratic Party is is like pretty obviously trying to pretend that it's not happening. Like Kamala laughs every time it happens. Biden hasn't fucking mentioned immigration. I, I mean, he mentioned it like the other day. He mentioned it for the first time in like a while. And it was a quick mention, you know, Pelosi, Schumer, like none of the big All the big Democrats are kind of trying to pretend that it's not happening. They're also trying to keep like uh, drones from getting footage of it. They're blocking reporters and photographers from getting into the the areas where they're being.
0: Yeah, because they're sticking people in cages, which is a bad (laughs) look for them. They want people to think that Mm. there are no cages. That's that's what I'm saying.
1: You might have a point there because the Haitian migrants are under bridges. I think they ran out of cages, so they just took them under some bridges.
0: There you go. They're just going to stick them in caves now.
1: So you think that the Democrats are the ones funding the getting those T-shirts?
0: Yes, I think that's clearly I mean, talk about a fucking like lazy PR campaign. But yeah,
1: it would also make sense to me, especially when you consider that this is happening in Texas, which is a state that's starting to become purple. It would seem to me that the Republicans would have a reason to fund to get these T-shirts too, because then they get to say, "Look, they're all obviously coming in because of Biden. This is why you need to, you know, vote whoever's running for president next, a Republican, because you know we're gonna enforce immigration law or whatever." I also have heard it suggested that George Soros is probably the one doing it. Um, Which I don't know. I don't know how much you know about George Soros. This is like this is like this is getting like deep into the weeds of conspiracy that like I don't even know the whole thing. But apparently George Soros, he's like a massively rich guy. He apparently funds a lot of what seem to be the most disastrous democratic policies um, and like proposals. He's a big proponent of critical race theory. He. uh Gosh, I can't even I can't even he supposed uh, he supposedly has donated like a bunch to all the progressive like he's one of the large reasons that all the progressives in Congress are winning right now. He's uh, appa- he's apparently funded like political campaigns um, to support various progressive progressive ideals, democratic ideas, whatever. Um, and there's like a big theory that I've heard, like mainly conservatives, but also not just conservatives. Like I've Joe Rogan talked about it before. Uh, it's a big theory that this guy, George Soros, who also has ties to China, is like actively try- using the Democratic Party to try to destroy the country is essentially how the theory goes. Yeah. Um. So I, I have heard it. Uh, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard people wonder, like, is it either him or somebody like him? Like, is it like an agent provocateur situation where, like, it's maybe somebody who claims to be a Democrat, but they're actually using the Democratic Party to do something for something more malicious and that maybe that's oh, well- why
0: well well let's let's back it up so billionaires being social engineers is nothing new right yeah. um this we, there's a well well documented history of this for hundreds of thousands of years right but uh in our eyes right in our eyes we view it as this guys damaging and hurting the country but in the billionaires eyes he is making the country better Mm. because he's making it for his he's 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 gaming it and furthering his own gains so yes is he in our view is he destroying the country yeah but that's not to say that he doesn't truly believe Mm. in the policies that he's pushing because at the end of the day they benefit him so to him it's not destroying it's making the country better Mm. So he may be a true Democrat. He's not trying to sabotage the Democratic Party. Yeah. He's just trying to, in our eyes, ruin America because mm-hmm. that's what makes him a bigger, gives or gives him a bigger bottom dollar and also gives him more power around the world when he sits down with fellow billionaires and he's like, Look, you're gonna give it to me the way I want it because I control the United States.
1: Yeah, at least at least the liberal half. Uh See, I've heard I've heard it. I've heard it suggested. And like I said, I'm not I don't know like too, too, too terribly much about this conspiracy theory. But I have heard it suggested that he because he has a lot of investments in China, his goal is for China to eventually overtake the United States.
0: And I, I mean, I don't know any I don't know any details, but that when you say that, if that's true, I can see that as well. Hmm.
1: It's very interesting, I don't have an answer to who's buying these t shirts, but I do know that it's that whoever's doing it, I don't think I think it's uh, like I don't know somebody obviously is doing it with like the purpose of trying to get Americans to think something. I'm not sure what they're trying to get them to think. It could just be like kind of like a big psyop where it's like they're throwing it out there and saying what happens, whoever's the yeah, one throwing it yeah, out
0: there. it could be it could be. Uh, uh organization that doesn't have a side on politics yeah. who's just trying to fuck some shit up uh it's also it could be because the sales of those t-shirts were so low mm. that they're just trying to get it out there
1: <laughs> yes yeah, um, that's very true they could have just been shipping them bitches by the millions down south because we don't need them
0: because you know in the super bowl right so in the super bowl there's always going to be a winner and there's always gonna be a loser. Yeah. As soon as you see the winner, they give them a hat and a t-shirt that says their team name, Super mm-hmm. Bowl, whatever champions. So they have to make double the amount of shirts that they use, mm-hmm. one for each team every Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. last year the Bucks beat the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. They shipped all of those uh Chiefs, Super Bowl champion t-shirts mm-hmm. to poor kids in Africa. Maybe we don't have that now because obviously we know Kamala and Biden won. It would be funnier if it was a Trump uh, Pence shirt. Then we would, then we would know, okay, they're just trying to reduce, reuse, recycle Mm -hmm. uh, the loser shirts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, you know, and it's, it's funny because it's one of those where I've heard so many people bring it up. The fact that like all these pictures with these shirts have been seen and like, depending on who it is, they all have a different take. It's been very, it's been very interesting hearing. That's what makes me think it might be like kind of like a more general psyop as well that like, it's not necessarily supposed to be along party lines, whoever's doing it because like you're seeing such different takes depending on who talks about it.
0: Yeah. Which is pretty much, I mean, that's where we're at right now with media. So. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. That's everything.
0: it, It could just be a little someone who's testing, uh, how much control or power they could wield mm. by dropping dropping these shirts on these immigrants? They're like, watch how watch how fucked up I can get the entire country mm. uh, over over motherfucking two two dollar t shirts.
1: It's been very interesting to see the ugly stuff that's kind of coming out of both sides surrounding this immigration issue. I don't know why immigration is like historically. Actually, I think I, I have some ideas why. It's like always, no matter what country immigration is very it's one of those issues where you really see the ugly come out in people you know on the one hand, right i don't know if you you mean you you haven't seen it but maxine waters who's a congresswoman she <laughs> she gave like a this speech where she was talking about it and she goes what we have seen is worse than slavery which <laughs> And she goes, Haitian lives are black lives. And if we're serious about black lives matter, we have to reverse course. And essentially, she said, just let them all in. Just let them all in, all of them. Just fucking let them in, is what she said. Yeah. The yeah. worse than slavery yeah. part got me because, girl, worse than slavery? Is that where we're, is that the hill we're dying on in 2021? That this is worse than slavery? This, one, by the way, was in reference to the picture, which, and, You know, everybody feels the way they feel about what's going on at the border and everybody's got like uh, a lot of people have good reasons for feeling the way they feel. But like this is one of the situations where it was just like this was bullshit that the media ran with. It was like a picture of a guy on a horse, like an immigration officer, like grabbing one of grabbing and grabbing one of the guys trying to cross the border. The way the horse, the guy, the horses that they use, they use split reins on the horses. The way the picture was shot, like the rain looked like it may have been whipping like it, like it looked like he may have hit the guy with the rain maybe like if you didn't know how horses work and you looked at it you would you could say okay maybe it looks like he's hitting that guy with the rain and like democrats decided to take this and be like we're whipping haitian immigrants like slaves at the border and it's like what (laughs) what (laughs) it's
0: it's so sick because it's 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 being disen. It the people who push an honest representation of our history are minimizing the the history that they're claiming to uh, try to enlighten people about. So it's fucking. It's so two faced and gross, man.
1: It is. It's pretty. It's pretty like. Who does this even work for? I mean, I don't know. Anytime anyone says anything is worse than slavery, it seems like that's just a statement that should automatically like disqualify you from ever being a person whose opinion is respected because like that's pretty it's pretty ridiculous uh, also it, also
0: it, why does it matter evil is evil and americans should stand against evil yeah. right but to to be like this is as bad as this past thing like you're just you're clearly just trying to evoke the emotions tied yeah. to whatever the thing is
1: and once again, it would have been one thing if they were hitting, if they were actually whipping these people, they were not. They have they were driving a horse with a split rein and the reins you hit, though, you hit the horse with the reins. That's how it works. Um, <laughs> now, in response, by the way, no more horses. No more horses for the uh, for the Border Patrol. Um, Biden came out, and made that decision. Um so I don't know how they're patrolling the border. I mean, we're talking about like desert and mountainous and rocky region where there's like no roads on a lot of it. So I guess these niggas are just footing it, trying to trying to run down the illegal immigration. Um, so that's interesting as well, because like horses are actually one of the most useful tools for border patrol. Over um, over a
0: picture, too. Over yeah, a over picture. a picture
1: that wasn't what it was described to be. Um, well,
0: dude, any, any picture is not... Even if it looks like it's really high definition, any picture is not an accurate representation of reality. It's a snapshot of a moment in time. I don't, I can't believe I have to explain how pictures work,
1: you know? Yeah, it was very much one of those situations where it was like, okay, maybe this officer was doing the wrong thing, maybe he wasn't. I'm gonna need to know what happened before. I'm gonna need to know what happened immediately after. Like, you you, you just, I need the context to even make a judgment. Also, what's been interesting is the position that Haitian people are black, which I don't know if you've met a Haitian person. You're from South Florida, so I have a feeling you might have.
0: I was a part of a Haitian wedding.
1: The niggas will literally the vast majority of Haitians in America will tell you with their chest out that they are not black. They ain't no niggas over here. Don't know nothing about that African-American bullshit. They don't know about it. Like, I know and I have Haitian family. I know plenty of Haitian people. We're in Florida, so we all probably know some Haitian people here. Them niggas don't claim black. So I think that's another very interesting thing with all these politicians that probably have never met a Haitian in their lives saying that Haitians are black. Because it's like, okay, go walk around the Haitian sector of Miami, call them niggas black, see how long it takes to get your ass whooped.
0: Also, go go to any other black subgroup that isn't Haitian and be like, are you Haitian? (laughs) <laughs> and watch, watch, watch what, listen and pay attention to how they act and treat you from that point. Yeah. I remember, I remember there was some Jamaican kids in my school and I was like, hey, because one of my friends was Haitian. I'm like, hey, are you Haitian? And he was like, I ain't a motherfucking, I ain't a fucking gross ass Haitian. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, that's yeah, They really... don't fuck with each other.
1: Which that's no. another interesting thing about the Democratic platform right now, whenever they, you know, because they're trying to break up the entire world into the groups, racial groups that you can understand and that you can say this racial group is a pressure oppressor. This racial group is being oppressed. And in this pursuit, they keep grouping together people that literally fucking hate each other. Like the, the whole like the Latinx thing, this regardless, like, like we don't even have to like really talk about the fact that the word Latinx is like made came, like white people came up with it. Americans came up with it, and most actually Latino people do not are not interested in the term at all. Um, the the Latin X, according to like the liberals or whoever, they like it fucking includes so many groups of people that would spit in your face if you suggested that they were at all related to the people on the island over. Like, look, Jen May, like, look. Like, like, Cubans and Puerto Ricans and Jamaicans and Haitians. All these people fucking hate each other. Culturally they hate each other. Well,
0: well, this I, this goes back to any I believe any group of people is no one hates the no one hates that group more than people within that group. Any look at history of the human race, no one has been more oppressive of a race than that given race, right? Yeah. So, like, the most amount of white people have been murdered by white people. The most amount of black people have been murdered by black people. And you can go down the list. Dude, try and call... I dare you to go to Chinatown and try to call them Japanese. (laughs) I fucking dare you. You'll get... You'll... Like, you know how the movies, how the Korean guy has a shotgun under the convenience store desk? You will get... A fucking 12 gauge in your chest if you come at it wrong yeah. and you accuse a Chinese man of being Japanese.
1: Yes. It's it's very it's it, it just it speaks to the lack of like understanding of the cultures that they claim to be representing, really. Um, but in the other side now, Republicans, their ugliness is coming out a little bit too. And now multiple Republican talking heads, including Tucker Carlson, um, in the past week have been talking about not directly talking about white replacement theory, but uh, definitely alluding to it, uh, definitely wanting you to think of it and conjuring up with the, way they, with the things that they're saying. Um, Tucker Carlson said verbatim, um, they're trying to, rep- to replace American voters with voters from other countries that are more obedient. That's what he said, Tucker Carlson. Okay. he didn't specifically say whites, you know, but it's kind of it's kind of like he's kind of saying essentially he's saying the same thing is that like Democrats are getting all this. uh, The reason that they're they're so pro-immigration is because they think that they're going to be letting in mostly Democratic voters.
0: Yes. Which I I think that's uh, Mm. an accurate statement.
1: You definitely can't discount it on its face. You know, you would have to you'd have to build an argument to discount that because it's like they do literally every election cycle remind every immigrant who let them in. Yes. So, you know, uh, the the white now Tucker Carlson didn't go white replacement. There have been some other people that have gone white replacement um, and actually said that, like, it's about replacing white people, which I think is. uh, I think it's
0: about I think it's about like replacing or. Or overtaking the Republican vote. Yeah. Which is um which is a lot of white people.
1: Yeah. Like I think that I think if that's they, kind if, of like if, a-
0: if they were black, it would be to replace black people, but yeah. they happen to be white. Um
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you that like it's just kind of like you can position it if you want to to say that it's about race, but like it's not necessarily about race, it's more about the politics of it.
0: It's about power.
1: Yeah. Um. Although I don't know because at this point You would think that the This the, like what's going on with the Haitians with, with all the Haitians coming in That like this is going to be bad for Democrats in the long run I don't know Ooh. I don't know It's very It's. It, you know it's just one of those interesting issues That like everybody Everybody shows their true colors When it comes to immigration
0: Yeah it's funny Because we're the biggest immigrate in, we're the biggest country in the history of the world when it comes to accepting immigrants.
1: Yeah, that's like our thing, apparently. Yeah. Although, you know, I would. I'm like pro-immigration. I like come from immigrants. My abuela immigrated from Puerto Rico. I do wonder, is there like a cap? Is there like, is there a level that is going to become a problem? Because, you know, many too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And that goes for everything. Yeah, you now I do wonder how many thousands can we accept before it actually does start to change the fabric of our nation in a way that that's negative.
0: So, so you're basically five years too late to the build a wall team.
1: <laughs> so
0: now, <laughs> now that he's out of office, you're like, wait a second. You're like, wait, a wall though. So it's okay.
1: Yeah yeah I mean, I don't know i don't I don't know about the wall because that was pretty dumb. uh most of the well, that was never place.
0: that was never gonna that was never gonna ha- happen. But the point of the reason for the build a wall was mm-hmm. the exact argument you you just laid out,
1: yeah, it's one of well, it's one of those where I think a lot of people do think that way. I do think a lot of people just kind of don't like immigrants probably because then we do have that. I think that's one of those things we can't say the country doesn't have is some anti-immigrant uh sentiment. That some people hold very dearly to their hearts. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, just like any other issue, I don't have a conclusion. I just think there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting, fun things happening.
0: Let me say this for anyone that's listening. You know how we're always like, oh, you're a person, you're entitled to your opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Well, not necessarily, right? If, if I'm making the argument that I think Coke is the superior drink to all other drinks, and you, Justin, are you're making the case that Pepsi is the superior <laughs> drink of all drinks, but you've never had a Coke, mm-hmm. you don't really get an opinion. You 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 can have one, but I don't have to take it serious because yeah. you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm. So so if you have an opinion, that's fine. If you have no idea what you're talking about,
1: mm.
0: no one's gonna listen to you, and they shouldn't because yeah. you're a mark.
1: I like that. I, I what I got from that actually was that like. You should be if you're arguing against the position. The position you're arguing against, you should be able to argue the one the position that you're against. Yeah,
0: you should know what they're going to say. Yeah, and you should know why they're going to say those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's very much. I mean, that goes to the root, like straight to the root of like all these of uh, a lot of the problems that America's having, where we just kind of are. We've got groups of people that are starting from different positions, different starting places of reality. And they're arguing as if they as if they are uh, uh, like arguing oh, okay. within an agreed upon context, you know, and they're not. They're arguing no. there. They're everybody's arguing within their, their own context and they're not willing to add context that's not their own to the to their context and broaden their view. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's also, you know, Tim Dillon said something on his last podcast last week. He said nobody's interested in the practical applications of their ideas. And that I just really loved it because I feel like that's that also kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about, with people not really even understanding the, how, how to have arguments. People are also arguing for ideas that they do. They have no idea how to implement them. They have no idea. Like what it means to have like if you're pro-immigration, most pro-immigration people would not be able to tell you what it means to also have immigration law and have an immigration system that is better for every, that that works for everybody.
0: Yeah, if someone is pro-immigration or they're pro-open borders, be like, okay, so how are you going to do it if you have open borders? How are you going to prevent the economy from getting overwhelmed with people? And they wouldn't be able to tell you. They wouldn't be able to tell you at
1: all. Yeah, no. No, they wouldn't. They they probably would just say that you're like a racist for even worrying about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's politics this week. What do you want to do, folks? You want to end it all or (laughs) do you want to move? Either way. You can't even move. Now you can't even move. You know it's fucked up. Every country that I thought that like that I had like on the list for like I I might have to move here one like if I have to leave the United States one day, I might go here. They I keep having to fucking tick them off. Australia was on the top of the list.
0: That actually not anymore. That that actually perfectly is. That's a perfect segue to my hemorrhoid of the week, which is is it is all of Oceania, which is Australia and Mm. New Zealand and those fucking those white countries down Mm -hmm. there. Um, they're all my hemorrhoid. Because I know – I, you know how I don't know anything about politics mm-hmm. because I'm not a fan? You're you're the equal but opposite not a fan of MMA. <laughs> so you don't know what's been going on in MMA this past week. But you know Israel Adesanya, right? Because I've forced you as a, as, as a man – I'm a fan of Izzy. Okay. Okay. You call him Izzy because, like, it's a cute-ass little nickname. But um, whatever – Let's 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 I'll play your little game, right? You're a big fan of Izzy. Uh So Izzy this past week he came out and he took a stance on the the government of New Zealand, him and his entire team. Um it's like an entire gym in New Zealand. He said, first of all, he he said, fuck you, New Zealand, you guys are pussies, and you have a double standard, Mm. which is that they're the government and the police of New Zealand aren't allowing uh, the gym that Israel Asanya trains at to uh, be open. So anytime there's someone, more than two people at the gym, the police come and either force them to leave or give them a fine of like $1,000. So they're not making it possible for fighters. It's not just Izzy. It's many fighters from New Zealand They're not making it possible for them to train. So they're having to train in their garages with their families. And then they have to get a visa, which is almost impossible to do to Mm -hmm. leave the country. So and and Izzy was bringing up the fact that rugby and cricket athletes in New Zealand were getting work exemptions. They were getting exemptions because, hey, I need to be here because it's a part of my job and how I make a wage. So they're getting exemptions. MMA fighters are not getting such exemptions. And Izzy was saying, I'm the biggest global star in New Zealand. Like I know in New Zealand, they care about rugby more, but like I'm the biggest global star. Mm -hmm. So you're not allowing me or my teammates to be able to make a living. So I am one, I'm never fighting in New Zealand on New Zealand soil again. Mm. two i'm moving from new zealand to the united states where i'm gonna train for every single fight now and my his entire gym it's not just for him the entire gym is moving to united states for all of these guys to be able to make a living and send money to their families so what happened was there is a um let me let me pull up there's a fighter at Izzy's gym named Dan Hooker. Um, this is him. He just had a fight this past Saturday. So he has had this fight in place for about two months, right? Mm-hmm. So he's been working on the visa process for two months. New Zealand tried to prevent him from leaving the country three days before his fight. Now, keep in mind, Three days before his fight, um, you it takes twenty four hours to get to the states. So you're you basically two days before he would get there. They said you can't go. He appeals it. Somehow wins the appeal. So he gets on the first flight to the airport. He he weigh-ins are on Friday. He lands Thursday at midnight completely jet lagged in Vegas. Mm -hmm. He has to cut weight and make weight by the next morning within 12 hours. He then has to adjust his body. He then has to gain the weight back that he cut so he can get ready to fight. Um, And he wins. So he somehow, after all that, he wins. What happened to him when he left to fight in Abu Dhabi is the government didn't let him come back to his country for a month. They said, they said the flights are all booked. So you're not going to be able to make it back here for a month. So he was in Abu Dhabi, just hanging out in a hotel for a month. Then once he gets to New Zealand, he has to stay in quarantine on his dollar for 14 days. And the way it works isn't you get like an embassy suites or you get a Marriott. No, you go to a table at the exit of the airport and there's a guy sitting at the table and he tells you where you're going. So he said, Dan Hooker said one time, the hotels in the city he was in were all booked. So they said, you're going to another part of the country to go in that hotel. So he, they, he had to pay for the flight to go to the other side of the country to get in the hotel he was paying for. Then he had to fly back to see his family. So Dan Hooker, he said, you know what? I already made it to the States. I'm not fucking going back. Mm. My wife and kids can come meet me in the States. I'm just going, I since since Israel Asanya and since the whole gym is moving here, I'm just gonna stay here until they come meet me. I'm just gonna hang out. So what you have is the best athletes in New Zealand and the biggest stars the people that could potentially bring New Zealand the most money are leaving New Zealand Mm -hmm. because they're not able to make a living. So my hemorrhoid of the week is New Zealand. You guys, it, it has, when you see a guy who can't work his family, this is not a public health issue. That is political. That is a people having a motive and an agenda and they're politically using that to maneuver. So fuck you, New Zealand. Fuck you, Australia. Fuck you, um, every other country that has travel bans that I don't think are racist, by the way. But like, if that thing ever happened in America, we would be the most racist country to ever exist, right? Which I don't think is the case, right? But at the same time, go fuck yourself. You're, you're, You're a piece of shit country. I get it. Lord of the Rings. Ooh, I'm impressed. You have more sheep than people. Go fuck yourself fucking pussies that's my hemorrhoid
1: (laughs) that's funny they do have more sheep than people uh yeah you know i love to hear i love to hear that that makes me that for me that's like all a positive story because i mean that's talent coming to america that's money and economy coming to america that's you know, I really like just in general what I've heard. Like a lot of athletes are putting their foot down when it comes to this whole all the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates and all that, like in the travel restrictions. A lot of athletes I've heard are putting their foots down, man. Because, and I mean, it makes a lot of sense too. Because I mean, these are like the healthiest people on the planet for the most part. So when you say when you say to these people you have to get a vaccine because you can't survive the flu, it's obviously not going to fly by a lot of them.
0: And they're looking. They're looking at the piece of slop that's 400 pounds and is vaccinated and he gets to do whatever he wants. And he's saying this is a public health issue. This guy could die any second in the seat that he's sitting watching the fucking Cowboys play the Giants.
1: Speaking of speaking of the vaccine, that's getting very that's getting very interesting, too. Uh, Things are developing. Uh, There was just a report put out by The Guardian reported on it. Um, Some other people reported on it as well. Um, There was a study that the results of which suggested that the vaccine may be more dangerous for more deadly for teen boys than COVID. Okay. Um, And essentially... What they found was that it's it's a condition that can happen in anybody from the vaccine. I don't remember the actual scientific name. It's something to do with like blood or something, hemo something. I can look up the article. Um, but essentially, the study. Uh, this study found that like um, and teen boys specifically, I believe it was like between the ages of 12 and 17, um, they have an elevated risk of getting this condition from the vaccine. Um, and if the results of this study are shown um, in the future to be consistent, among other studies, then it would mean that teen boys are actually more likely to die from the vaccine than from covid, which. Uh by the way, makes a lot of makes a lot of sense to me because this entire time teenagers have been less at risk for COVID than they have been for the flu. So their risk for COVID has been so small this entire time. um, That, uh, you know, it's not surprising to me that the experimental vaccine turns out it might be a little bit more riskier. Well,
0: what's the fatality rate for, uh, Teenage boys for COVID. I mean, it's got to be it's ex- less it's than so a tenth of a percent.
1: It's so low. Um. Uh. What? What? Fucking. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to remember who published this article that because I, I was reading it earlier. The Guardian. Facts don't
0: matter on this show.
1: Okay. And now, like I said, this is just a study like there's going to be there's going to need to be more work. This could turn out to be wrong, but a few multiple sources that are pretty, uh, pretty respected sources have been reporting on it. Healthy boys more maybe more likely to be admitted to the hospital with a rare side effect of the Pfizer COVID vaccine that causes inflammation of the heart. Than with COVID itself, US researchers claim their analysis of medical data suggests that boys aged 12 to 15 with no underlying medical conditions and four to six times are four to six times more likely to be diagnosed with vaccine related myocarditis than ending up in the hospital with COVID over a four month period. Okay, so that's four to six times more likely to get have this condition in the four months since you've gotten the vaccine than you are. To end up in the hospital with COVID. OK, I think I, I, I think I did not fuck that up. Most children who experience the rare side effect had symptoms within days of the second shot. Through a similar side effect or though a similar side effect is seen with the Moderna jab, about 86 percent of the boys affected required some hospital care. So that's a lot. That's 86 percent of the boys who do get this myocarditis thing have to they end up having to go to the hospital for it. Um, the JCVI did not recommend vaccinating healthy 12 to 15 year olds, but referred the matter matter to the UK's chief medical officers who are expected to make a final decision next week. Okay, so this is a study coming out of the UK. Um, OK, they get into the like the numbers and cases per million here. It's honestly very hard for me to understand all this, but I can read it uh, in the last in the latest study, which is yet to be peer reviewed. The Tracy Hogue, Dr. Tracy Hogue at the University of California and colleagues analyzed adverse reactions to COVID vaccines in U.S. children aged 12 to 17 during the first six months of 2021. They estimate the rate of malocarditis after two shots of the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine to be one hundred and sixty two point two cases per million for healthy boys age 12 to 14, and 94 cases for healthy boys age 16 to 17. Uh, equivalent rates for girls were 13.4 and 13 cases per million, respectively. The risk of a healthy ad- adolescent being taken to the hospital with COVID in the next 120 days is about forty-four point million. Okay. Per million. Per million. So that's 162.2 cases per million. Okay and in uh, boys age 12 to 15 for the myocarditis 44 per point um and that's that's most of those will be hospitalizations 86 percent of those 162 cases will be hospitalizations okay and only 44 per per million of boys in the same age age who get covid will actually be hospitalized so very clearly what we're looking at is like over three times, potentially over three times uh, hospitalization rate for the vaccine in boys for this age range, as opposed to if they were to just get COVID. Okay, I wanted to make sure I had all my facts there right. Now, what's interesting about this is that it doesn't seem to matter already so just uh, already the California go- uh, governor what's his name Newsom Newsom announced that he will be mandating vaccines for uh ki- for all school children as soon as the FDA approves it which the FDA approval process is uh also getting interesting because they they approved boosters, although there was no scientific evidence for it. Several people at the FDA left. It's kind of looking like the FDA is going to the same thing that the CDC already went through last year, where the gov- where various government actors kind of step in and take over. And it's no longer about the science. Um, so who fucking knows, honestly, if in a year's time we're going to be able to even trust what the FDA says. Um, and that article mentioned that although this came out, they're kicking they're kicking the, the final decision on that. To uh the, make sure I get the people right. The UK's chief medical advisors. Okay. Yeah. Which is, sounds like Fauci, but in the UK. Um, it's very interesting because. This is we're reaching to we're reaching the point where now there's starting there's starting to be more and more science. That's kind of that's coming out saying that not only are vaccines, not the end all be all for ending the pandemic. okay? because besides this, we have Harvard Law School is having a problem with COVID, although they have almost 100 percent vaccination rate. Uh, Israel forced most of its citizens to get vaccinated over 90 percent. They right now have one of the higher case loads in the world. so. We're seeing a growing amount of evidence that would suggest that the vaccine is not going to end COVID. It's not going to end the pandemic. And not only that, but for certain groups of people, the vaccine actually might be more dangerous than COVID. Now, if you're following the science, these are all very important things, right? These are all things to look out for. If you're if you're somebody who's coming from the position that we should be doing whatever we can do to fight COVID without making without creating any problems that are worse than COVID. This is this is all stuff that warrants conversation. I think you would agree. We're conti- we're not and we're continuing not to see any of it from from the left, who is continuing to say that, like, vaccination is good, is the way to fight COVID. You, you keep hearing people repeat that that vaccination is the best way to fight the pandemic. Um, we we're seeing them. We're seeing liberal municipalities and states adopt the vaccine cards. We're seeing people pushing for travel restrictions. We're seeing people. Uh, well, now Joe Biden is using OSHA to try to get employers to fire anybody who's not vaccinated, which is essentially making somebody choose between the va- like like they say that it's not forcing them to get vaccinated. But if the threat is you don't get to make a living anymore, it's obviously a force like it's obviously a decision being made under coercion. So it's not a choice. It's 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 being forced at that point. And all of this is just still going. It's just still going, even though that even though there's there's just more and more really solid, provable science that's coming out to say, like, hey, maybe. And not to say that, like, we should nobody should be getting vaccinated. Okay, I think it obviously helps within a certain amount of time within the first four to six months. It helps. It wears off after that. More studies have been showing that as well. So, like, if you want to maintain immunity through vaccination, you have to keep getting boosters, presumably twice every year. Um, but we're just not seeing any of the any of the conversations about the actual science at this point we're still having conversations about the science from last year which even then wasn't really the science it was a bunch of theorizing about a disease that we thought was going to be more deadly than it was so i don't know i think my only point is it's going to be it's very it's it's going to be very interesting to see if at any point democrats like don't like 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 actually start list like respecting the science like they claim or if they're well, just going to continue well
0: th- let's make it very clear republicans are, are pretty on board with the vaccine too and yeah th- the reason none of the reason they're if their science comes out that the vaccine is more dangerous than not getting it or if there's problems with the vaccine, the reason they're not going to see the science or respect the science in that case is because they're, we're moving towards digital identities. And the best way to track someone's digital identity is with um, public health as the criteria for getting an identification. So we're, we're moving towards a future that these people are trying to craft, where we own nothing, we are nothing, we mean nothing, and we comply with it. So we started, I actually, I know I know you're gonna roast me because usually you're the Twitter guy, but today I'm gonna be the Twitter guy. Right?
1: Hey, join the dark side, we have cookies.
0: So my feed is so chaotic. It's like MMA memes and then like the end of human existence. Um,
1: let
0: me share, <laughs> let me share a screen here.
1: My my mine is is um impressionist American painting and the end of human existence. So
0: so we we at least have some overlap. Yeah. So this is they're calling it, and this has been in the works before COVID like much of the power grabs we've seen uh, have been in the works and COVID was the catalyst for jumping on it. But this is called, they're calling it, and get this, freedom as a service. So let's dive in. Let's dive in.
1: Freedom as a service.
0: So there's a coalition of 125 of the world's biggest corporations that have joined in the campaign for creating a digital identity for everyone in the world
1: and oh, yeah
0: and and the, so the biggest, social credit score similar similar yes in the same vein so the biggest media sycophants wow. the the biggest media sycophants that push elitist Uh, agendas are behind this like nbc microsoft ibm did
1: i see um, mastercard in that list how about we get the banks the fuck out of any further scores
0: So, so this is what's going to happen. Your social credit score, the the social credit score, it's just going to, they're going to call it your digital identity and it's going to have your actual credit score. It's going to have payment for everything. So you don't need, they're going to say, you don't have the need for a wallet, the need for a card. You just go around with your ID and it has everything on file. So, um, look, these, these are real articles, by the way. Um, posted by the the World Economic Forum is uh, the one who's, like, heading it. But, um, yeah, this is what they're pushing. You'll own nothing, and you'll be happy.
1: What the fuck? Does that not sound like the craziest shit? You'll own nothing, and you'll be happy? Who are you, first of all? Like, who is this nigga? Who are you talking to? (laughs)
0: Um... Here's uh, BBC and NBC uh, praising the World Economic Forum for this campaign. Um, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find. Um, so, this is all the stuff that's going to be in the digital identity. It's going to have your healthcare, your finances, your access to food, your access to travel, your access to buy online, your social medias, your your ability to vote, your um, ability to get around, your ability to exist is going to be backed by a digital blockchain. Um, in order to verify that it's you, and the whole idea is to limit. Identity theft, but everyone knows anyone who could hack this has access to everything ever. So um I'm trying to find there's one more thing that really. Well, even exp- even
1: even besides even besides the obvious issues with, like, uh, your information uh just all being coalesced on one platform like that. Wh-
0: this is. This is my favorite tweet right here.
1: Like how, um, like, does anybody And because I know a lot of, sorry, go ahead.
0: Sorry. This is the point, the main point of what I'm trying to say, right? This is where we're going, right? Yesterday, it's the freedom of choice within the confines of capitalism and imperialism. Uh, so. People call because you're within the confines of a system mm-hmm. T- today's, uh, Today, social interactions and surveillance is going is is through coercion. That's why we see that you'll ha- own nothing and you'll be happy. And once coercion, once that phase works, tomorrow is absolute compliance.
1: So it's, that's it's that, so that's, it's getting dystopian in here. It's getting it's feeling it, very. It's feeling very Blade Runner in here, you know.
0: It's not even a good script either.
1: It's not. It's not like everybody. Like we've seen this before. Like,
0: it's cooler. The the, the end is cooler than I thought because at least we get to have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, like, what's going on, folks?
1: Holy shit! You know, I just so, I know so- I know a lot of people right now, mainly on the left are supporting this kind of thing because they think that what it's going to do is end white supremacy and end misinformation or whatever, and all the things that make them unhappy and they find to be harmful. I just really would. I just uh, if there's any liberals listening to this. This is not going to stop with the people you don't like. This is this this is is going to make them more powerful. I mean, how is anybody in, in a world where this is happening? What you just what you were just describing to me. How is anybody going to protest against the government? You how can't is, go outside literally? How is anyone going to speak up for their rights or the rights of others? How is anybody going to be able to even just like go against the grain really in any way?
0: Yeah, you'll get shot in the face.
1: I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's literally a social credit score, just like what China's got going. And we all know how great that's working out. I mean, it's just this idea that you can.
0: Th- th- this is this is why even if what you're saying is true about the science it won't matter because they only use the science if it's to their benefit
1: yeah yeah which we've seen that in spades this year i mean for me it's just this idea that you can that you can collect a a data set about somebody and you know what kind of person they are and you know like what's their contribution to society you know What's their harm to society? I mean, this is just that whole idea. I mean, it comes directly from like the postmodernist slash communist ideals that created China and created the Soviet Union, created well, this, created this, this Cuba. This is what it is. I mean it's it's
0: it's people who think Marxism would work if you had more data analysis. Oh boy. So, so they think if I have data on everyone, I will be able to implement systems that will actually work because they're tailored to certain people. Mm. So the, what this is, is just it's going to be the rebranded form of Marxism. In my opinion, it's going to be a rebranded form of Marxism that is just I mean, the fundamental. idea like, behind hey, it comes
1: straight from Marxism.
0: Hey, yeah, but we can do it right this time
1: <laughs> because <laughs> yeah.
0: we, we have enough data.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, you'll own nothing and be happy. (laughs) The fucking the
0: balls to even even if that was your goal to you to to market that way, it's like.
1: I mean, what? it's I mean, it's it, it's I, they're totally doing it like it, 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 that marketing is going to work for the group of people that they that already agree with it. Right. Because. Yeah. And it's going to
0: these, normalize. These this. people
1: already think that we shouldn't own anything. They think that it's wrong to want to own things. I mean, I was just I, had, I was just looking at another tweet where people were arguing about whether or not four hundred thousand dollars a year as a business owner in income is wealthy. Rich. People were debating that. Are you too rich if you make $400,000 a year with your business? And okay. that's this. I see I confused you a little bit. Why? The reason I the reason I say that is because, like, it, it goes. It, this is the same overarching, really communist idea that, like, owning things is bad. I mean, it's to the point where $400,000. To me, four hundred thousand dollars a year—it's like you're good, you're well off. You're probably not ever gonna have to worry unless you take some kind of a crazy financial hit. You know, you'll probably be able to put your kids through college and like give them some money before you die. You know, is it—is it like you're in a golden mansion? No.
0: Your generations and generations of wealth. Yeah, yeah. No. you know,
1: and then if, 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 when you consider the fact that we're talking about business owners, a lot of that money is going to go back into their business. If they have a family, that's a lot of money. You know, every kid costs however many fucking tens of thousands of dollars. So it's like and you know, they have $100,000 is really not a lot
0: in their business. Yeah. No, if you really- have to, if you have if you have, a, if you have a if you have a big business, you have overhead, you have expenses, you have yeah. to reinvest in the business. Yeah. If you're spending a billion dollars and you're making 400,000, you're actually a loser. Yeah. Right? So or you're a nonprofit. So um
1: and I mean, when you also don't even don't forget taxes, which are going to go up if Biden, if, if the Democrats get to do anything that they want to do, because that's in the tax bracket where they feel like you are rich enough to be taxed like 30 percent, 20 to 30 percent.
0: You know? Yeah. And we're going to we're going to tax individually rich people while ignoring multi trillion dollar yeah. corporations.
1: Yeah, which which is two separate issues. I really don't. I really it bothers me constantly seeing the tax issues when it comes to companies like Amazon and taxes when it comes to people who make a few hundred thousand dollars a year. Like that is two different stratospheres of of, of tax issues like that. That's just two. You're going to need completely separate legislation to address those two separate groups of money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you put if you put in the bill that it's like four hundred let's say four hundred because you said it four hundred thousand dollars up and they're in the same bracket. So that means the motherfucker who made four hundred one thousand dollars and 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 Jeff Bezos are in the yeah. same tax bracket. That's that's ludicrous. Yeah. That's ludicrous.
1: And now uh, you know I wouldn't and and like what I'm I'm like I'm not saying that like Because, you know, I think that pretty much everybody in America that makes over fifty thousand dollars a year needs like really doesn't have much to complain about. Right. So like that four hundred dollars, that's good. Forty thousand dollars. That is good money. Right. But to say that it's wrong to have it, you know, to say that you're somehow morally. In you're morally at fault for even wanting that. It's just that idea is ridiculous. I mean, what what are we doing anything for if it's not to make money, establish a career, build up your assets, become a person who is not only mentally and physically better off than you were when you started, but also like you have enough assets to be able to contribute to the great, the, the grander plan. You know, I mean, and I mean, I just don't, if $400,000 is too much money and that's a wrong amount of money to make, why would anybody start a business? Why would anybody do anything? Yeah. You know, it's just so like the way that reality functions and the way that economies function is so like opposite this whole fucking collection of like socialist thought where it's just like money is bad.
0: But it's 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 mostly disingenuous, though, right? Because if you
1: you're right about that,
0: if you gave a person a suitcase full of hundred dollar bills, do -hmm. you think they would take it? And, and I'm sure their justification would be, oh, this is going to help me push my message and like make <laughs> me change the w- whatever, whatever reason you say you took the money. Yeah. So yeah. and I know you're tweeting this, drinking your mocha frappe latte in a Starbucks. So I know you are don't if you are actually about it, I can I can. Respect you, and I can hear you out. Like, if you reject everything from society, okay, you're actually that motherfucker. But if you are just tweeting, if you, if your parents are paying for your apartment in Brooklyn and you don't have a job and you're tweeting from your from your fucking uh, fire escape, I have no respect for you. You're a germ. You're a loser. You're scum. And 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 like goes back to the Pepsi Coke analogy. You you really don't get an opinion.
1: Yeah, you know I really think what concerns me a lot about this kind of stuff is that it's our generation is really the generation that has is being sold into this full sale wholesale. You know, like that's
0: because that's why I think we are very much like boomers because yeah. we are our generation so entitled.
1: Yeah, I mean I do think I think it's a lot of you see a lot of people around our age that think that think along these lines and it's like they they're people that haven't had a chance to start their bus- a business yet. They're people that haven't made it yet. They're people that are in their 20s. So life is hard because life is hard in your 20s. That's just what it is. It's not like the fault of capitalism and we're being held down. It's life is hard in your fucking 20s. You know, I don't know. Like you see, it's, it. it seems like a lot of college students, a lot of college students, a lot of people who spend a lot of time online, you know, and it's... Like, I don't know. I just can't help but... Uh, I don't know if to, if that's even like, I don't know if I should have hope because like eventually we're all going to be growing up and like we're all going to, you know, get more and more of the real world. And I would think that like m- many people our age would end up becoming less communist or more conservative or whatever. The older they get this t- that's typically what happens in history. But at the same time, we've never had a point in history where, at least in American history, where something like the internet was used to indoctrinate a whole generation of people before they even were able to, like, find their place in the world, you know? And I mean, because it's... it's, What do you mean?
0: Television and radio and World War II.
1: Yeah, I would say that that is, like, a different level of indoctrination. Because I would say that that all of that stuff is, like you could call it indoctrination and a lot of lies went into getting Americans, you know, historically to start wars and to be on the side of war. But this particular indoctrina- indoctrination would suggest that like the entire system that we're existing in needs to be top down, torn down and reconstructed.
0: Yeah. yeah it's a different, the, the propaganda. It, you're, you're right. If you, you're right, it is different. The other one, was targeted outside of the U.S. And this is like an internal one. Yeah. Um, but um
1: well, and then what concerns me, too, is that this this messaging has been honed to a point that it's not you're not going to be able to get it out of the heads of so many people. There was Joe Rogan just had an episode uh, where he played this clip of this guy, Dmitry Volokov or something, who was a Russian whistleblower. Um, And in like the 90s, and he did an interview uh, in America where he talked about what the KGB actually does. And he said that like most of their most of the money they spend goes towards these Internet campaigns and like this, these misinformation campaigns where they drill, they attempt to drill Stalinist ideology into the heads of Americans and it's a really creepy video. Anybody listening should like look it up because it's kind of it gives you chills because and one thing he said in this, he said, this is the part that really got me. You know, he kind of he kind of explained like this is what we do. We take we do memes and different things. He didn't use the word memes because it was the 90s, but he was basically describing how they use memes to convince people of particular political perspectives. At the end of his warning, he says, you will never get rid of them. They have been there, they have been trained to respond to specific kinds of stimuli. Like it, it, it is, they, they've been it, patterns have been ingrained into their very thoughts and behavior that you will never be able to get rid of. And I think that's part of what concerns me. Because when you see, and I, I see I, I feel this a lot when I talk to people our age about these kinds of issues, where it's like you try to explain to them any kind of a different perspective, and they cannot even begin to break out of the perspective of oppressor, oppressed. Capitalism is oppressive. You know, white people are oppressive. These groups of people are oppressed like this, this dichotomy. Oh, and then the idea that, like, if somebody says says a particular thing or has somebody or is friends with somebody who thinks a particular thing, then they're put in the category of the racists and the white supremacists and the the extreme capitalists like like, I don't I just see so many young people that like they've they're, they're convinced that this is the way the world works now. You know what I mean? Like they're because between school and between the social media and fucking the, all, all of the big news organizations and colleges like and all the big businesses that have bought into it and half of the governments bought into it. It's like these people, they think this is how the world works. They think that this is a this is a legitimate and proper way to understand the world.
0: Yeah, it's we've gotten to. Uh, it goes back to something we already talked about on a previous pod. We're two. We have the same body and physiology and brain as the animal, or the the humans of like ten thousand years ago, and but we're in modernity. So we've gotten we've gotten way too good at pushing our own buttons. So mm-hmm. we know yeah. what makes us tick, what sets us off, mm-hmm. and when you make it a dichotomy. Whether it, 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 when you make it black and white, it's, you have to pick a side and any, if you pick this, you must not pick this. When you give people um, something so left or right about it, like you only have two options, Mm -hmm. then naturally people fall into the one that they feel most comfortable in. Um, But what gives me hope, right, is the fact that you and I are having this conversation, mm-hmm. the fact we have these conversations all the time. I don't think you and I are special, Justin. Mm-hmm. I think you and I are an accurate representation of like conversations that go on across this country, whether that be, um, I don't think it, it's happening every in every single situation where two 22 year olds are talking to each other, but I do think it is happening. So with 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 people having conversations with, like you said, people naturally growing older. Like the old great quote, I forget what who said it, but like the 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 young man who isn't liberal has no heart, and the old man who isn't conservative has no brain. Mm. Um, the when people grow older, they're naturally going to get more conservative. Mm-hmm. They're naturally going to learn more life lessons, and with the conversations. It'll all be fine as far as the the perspective. I can't tell you like we. it all may be burning down. Totally. (laughs) Yeah, it it may be too late. We're too far gone. But I, I think I think the the mental health and the strength of the consciousness of the American people will be solid.
1: I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. I mean, I do. T- I mean,
0: I, I'm naked right now, so I'm in a glass half full mood.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I do tend to think that, like, well, I, I think you can definitely see a growing, uh, a growing sentiment of, like, non-partisanship, where, like, you look at people like Joe Rogan or look at the Weinsteins or look at even people like Ben Shapiro at this point, like, that are really.
0: Let's be. Let, let, let's be. Let's be, um, let's be clear. What would the Ernest Weinstein or whatever? Brett Weinstein, yeah, not, Brett Weinstein, not yeah, not Harvey.
1: Yeah, Look yeah, at. yeah, yeah. Brett Weinstein and his wife, uh, pretty sure she's his wife, they're liberals. Uh she's a Jew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you do see you, you uh, yeah. There's this, there is a growing sentiment of people just kind of being like, Okay, like this left-right bullshit is just it's bullshit. That's what it is, it's bullshit. And like these issues cannot be understood in that kind of a simplistic dichotomy. So, like, how are we gonna understand them? you know i mean what what concerns me though is that we keep seeing issues that are not left right being made left right you know being stuck into this dualistic way of or this uh this this way of looking at the world that splits everything up into oppressor in and oppressed like every issue gets shoehorned into that look at the vaccines like you said earlier the vaccine should not be a republican democrat thing they disagree on some things like mandates, yes, but the vast majority of Republicans are telling everybody to get the vaccine. Most of them are vaccinated. Trump got the vaccine. He's been telling his fans to get vaccinated, even though he gets booed about it. You know, so it's like it's not. There's no reason there should be a partisan thing, but somehow it's, it's not come shoehorned the into public
0: it. health. Well, that I, that's this brings us to why I think people should stop giving a fuck about politics because yeah. right now. Too many people will give a fuck. Yes, we should be voting, right? Mm. But like more people should be voting and caring about politics in that sense. But people putting so much energy into it is bad because Mm. now we're having literally every single topic made a political issue, which is just so clearly not the case. Anyone who goes through their life and an american and says that politics plays a major part in it and they themselves their career is not in politics they're mm-hmm. full of shit mm-hmm. you can per- live a perfectly happy life and have no idea what's going on in this country
1: yeah so, many people do
0: yeah and i i choose to live in that space because <laughs> i i don't get me wrong i'm gonna vote mm-hmm. but i don't give two fucks it just doesn't come up in my day to day because Hmm. I have my own life. So that's, that's where I think more people, and maybe, maybe I'm just biased, but because I do that and it's my outlook, but I think people would be better off and we would have more nuanced conversation because we would have people talking about Sprite or Coke and Pepsi who have actually tried both. And Hmm. you would actually have people who are there for discussion, there for, um a compromise having those conversations as opposed to like a karen versus um a snot-nosed spoiled entitled college kid arguing you know
1: yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah you know i i i, I, I... <sighs> I wish more people realized that, like, the great debates of our times are not happening in the hall of Congress, the halls of Congress. That's no, what they're then- happening
0: on this podcast about steak <laughs> versus burgers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's much more important, honestly. I think these niggas are talking about. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like when we consider the the actual the actual big questions that our species has to face right now in twenty twenty one, none of those questions are being asked, and like and by politicians, none of them are being asked in the halls of Congress. So, or-
0: so 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 let's let's do a truly American thing, which is fuck politicians. Literally. Why do we need them? Let's do it ourselves. Well, let's part- have conversations with other Americans who aren't in politics, mm. who we we. Make no mistake. They their whole goal is to like try and rule us. But we we're the ones who put them in power. We at the end of the day, the reason voters in America have more power than anywhere else is because they actually have to listen to us. So if we figure it out amongst ourselves and then we come to the politicians and we're like, look, this is the way you're going to do it or else you're not in office. They'll step in line at the end of the day. So we 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 shouldn't we should never expect politicians to raise these questions until we have forced them to.
1: Yeah. You know what? And you make you raise a very good point. We do. We are still one of the more powerful as far as like citizenry in the world. The American citizenry is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful. And that's yeah. something that I think we should not forget. And I mean, it's slipping away. You know, it, it becomes- but it's,
0: it's, it's literally sacred. Like, it's literally the foundation of this country. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying they were perfect, but the one thing they were 100% right about Mm -hmm. was this. So the reason we are, I believe, we're the best country in the world is because of that. So if we don't have that, we are nothing. And people like us who are Americans don't understand that that is special to America. They think that is a God-given Right. Or or that that that's just the way it is everywhere. But it's not. The reason America is great is because we do think it's a God given right. But no one else does. So. So it's not people take it for granted. But as soon as they move to a place where it doesn't have the same values, they would understand right away.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, hey, you know, I hope I, I you I do wish that because you said that, like, we should be telling these people that, like, either do what we want or like you're not an office anymore. I feel like that's something that, like, I wish I would just love to put that on something like that on billboards across America, because I think one thing that would really fix or get us towards the path of fixing all these problems is not voting for people after they don't do anything they said they were going to do.
0: No, because right now we're at the point where people They vote for the people they hate. And then they say, we got to we got to overtopple the entire system. No, just fucking vote in the right people and play the game.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, like what would happen? I, I always wonder what would happen if like we had an election where there was so many Americans sick of it that like none of us voted.
0: Yeah. What would they try to pull?
1: I don't know. I don't know. What they I
0: would. guarantee you they would try to either do a revote or they try to, sh- like, automatically give the win to someone, yeah. and and it wouldn't fly. You know how many fucking Americans would show up on the doorstep of the Capitol? You think yeah. January 6th was bad, bitch? Everyone's going to be in that bitch. We're going to be having a house party on the <laughs> grave of AOC. No like, deal. it'll be... It would be unbelievably lit. It would be the greatest block party in American history. And I actually kind of want it to happen now because it sounds really fun.
1: It doesn't but- sound as fun as fuck. I could see myself on the balcony of the Capitol like, yeah, fetch.
0: Yeah, people are like, you know, hanging politicians. And we're just getting lit in the street, <laughs> like doing beer bongs and stuff. But um, whatever.
1: Yeah, you know, at the end of the day... At the end of the day, actually, I think the country is in a very healthy place because while we've got half the country that seems to be moving towards being China, we've the other half of the country, you know, the racist half is not down with the bullshit. This vaccine mandate bullshit's not going down in the South. Not even just the South, but largely Republican states. It's not going down here. This communist shit's not going down, you know. So I do think at the end of the day that the... Uh, the conservative parts of this country are at least going to be safe for a very long time.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that necessarily. I think. You don't think so? No, I think if you, you, there could be, there could be a scenario where similar to what we see happening now in Texas, where people vote for, they're, they're not voting for, policies right they're voting for politicians who have shitty policies those shitty policies get passed their state becomes a dystopia and they move on to the next state voting for the same type people that have the same type policies and then they just go state to state to state with not changing their views just thinking that each state they're going to is turning to shit not realizing their own responsibility in that so there could be a scenario where all conservative states are wiped out because um, people just migrate within borders from states that are going downhill. That is uh,
1: definitely a concern because you don't see a lot of conservatives moving to liberal places. No, because why would they? Yeah, but but
0: but but if you really want to get down to it, right? Liberal states are more open internationally, but I think. R- Republican states are more open to other Americans moving there. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, they're not going to kick liberals out of their state. They're going to say, oh, a new person, a new person adding to the economy. That's basically good. But once you get high numbers of people moving that are voting for the same policies they did in the old state they were at, that's when you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as, as far as, as far as a divergent, from the policies of the past in that given state. But despite that, I still agree with you that this country is in a really healthy place because the Astonode podcast, episode 26, is coming out and dropping this Sunday at midnight.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're really we're really healing the nation here. We're actually we and I are gonna have some new listeners this week. Um I did I did I meant to talk about it at the top of the podcast, but um to get away from politics, ugh fucking I did an interview uh, last week on the Blocked and Reported podcast with uh, Katie Herzog and Jesse Singal, I think is his last name. Um, Jesse,
0: Jesse the Jew,
1: I like to call him. Yeah, 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 Jesse the Jew. Uh, Because they had a couple weeks ago, they put out a call uh, asking for non-binary conservative people to reach out to them if if, if, uh, we exist. And so I reached out uh, because I at least exist. I can't speak for anyone else, but I at least exist. And
0: I can co- I can corroborate your story that you indeed exist.
1: Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I can vouch for you. Um, not one of those weird AI bots. That would be crazy. Uh, but it was interesting. You know, we had like a um, like a fun little conversation. She just kind of asked me questions about like my politics and like where I fall and like what I think about. Um, or like how how my community receives me when I tell them that I'm conservative or I espouse a conservative point of view. Um, you know, I think everybody knows how, how how that goes. If there's any conservative black people or conservative queer people listening to this, I'm sure you've experienced it yourself being called a tap dancer or whatever, whatever else. Um, so it was it was interesting conversation. Um, it was cool, actually, because they they didn't quite agree with some things I said. Katie thought that I was a um, um, a libertarian. Instead of a instead of a conservative, which I think is kind of, I thought that was kind of an interesting comment because I sometimes wonder if I'm not a libertarian. Um, I
0: I I I can see that. I I kind of agree with her.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am pretty. I mean, I do think that government should have extremely limited power, which is like that's like the core of the libertarian uh, platform. Um, but it's, since the episode came out, it's just been it's been really cool. It's been actually a really good week because of that. I got so many so many like people reaching out and just like thanking me for like having my perspective and putting it out there and for like not coming with like a pol- with like a political agenda because i said in the interview you know i don't really like i'm not a republican or a democrat i'm a, i do think i'm a conservative because i tend to fall along those lines more often than not oh um, god but like when it comes to the republican democrat thing like fuck them i told them trump wasn't a conservative you know, Biden's like a whole fucking bag of sour. Biden might be more conservative than Trump, but he's he's just a bat, fucking can of sour apples anyway. But um, yeah, like I just got a lot of people reaching out and saying that like it get like it gave them hope because like it did like it was a I, you know, I'm a person that fits within two ident two categories where you would expect me to just be like a total liberal fucking shell, But like, I'm not and. I think I definitely I think I might have been the first person that a lot of the people that listen to that podcast that reach out to me, I might have been the first person like that, that they've ever heard from, uh, which that made me really happy because I was like, you know, the whole reason I did the thing was like, because I was like, let me put, put my perspective out there and hopefully, you know, I can uh, some people, you, you know, will hear it. And even if they don't agree with me or what I think about being non-binary, just realize that like that's all okay like we can disagree and then like this person isn't like evil they don't think i'm evil like we're all cool we can just have disagreements and different ideas you know uh that, so that was that was really cool you know i, got, I had a lot of really fun uh, debates on twitter surrounding it somebody asked me really to a couple people asked me a really interesting question um they asked if i was in a society where gender roles don't exist would i still be non-binary and I thought that was actually a very interesting question because um, I had a couple edges to it. You know, on the one hand, I was like, maybe not, because I do think gender, gender and non-binary, you know, non-binary ism or whatever being non-binary. I think that those things arise out of society. I think that gender arises out of the societal filter that's put on the biological differences in sex, um, among other things. Um, so maybe in a society that didn't have the gender rules to begin with, I wouldn't be non-binary because maybe everyone's non-binary in that society, essentially uh but also at the same time uh like for me the way i guess i would say like i perform my gender is uh like non-participation in whatever the roles are like that's for me just kind of you know in lack in lack of a scientific way to describe it because that science is still being worked on i just say that like i just don't participate you know whatever people think men or women should or shouldn't be I don't care, you know. I just don't. I do what I do, and I don't really care if, it, if it, how it fits into that binary. Um, so maybe I would still be non-binary in that kind of society. I don't know. Very interesting. Very interesting question. Um, but yeah, imagine we'll we'll, we'll have some new listeners because Katie uh, Herzog retweeted it, let everybody know I'm a podcaster. Uh, I got a bunch of followers from it as well. That was plug, that was, plug
0: the fucking episode, man. Plug the episode. What episode of the Blocked and Reported podcast was it? Um, let me
1: see. It's the most recent episode that they put out. Let me check the name of it.
0: Let's see who's a better producer. Huh? Let's see who's a better producer because I'm racing to it.
1: Historically, this here's the title. Historically, it. historically, the anatomy and physiology of bodies with vaginas has been neglected. That was the title of the episode. <laughs> that was it was a great episode um it was about the whole birthing people thing have you heard of this debate no <laughs> it's so birthing people is the but yeah shout out uh shout out to that shout out to Block reported uh if any if any new listeners are listening to this welcome we we accept all types even if you're a fucking commie we accept you um everybody's welcome to tweet at me. Please tell me Cox. you fucking
0: dude, fuck you, dude. Please tell me you plugged the Astinos podcast.
1: I guarantee you didn't. Well, though. I plugged my website when everything's on my website, so
0: oh fuck you! I don't care about your career. I care about this podcast. Listen bitch.
1: Listen, bitch. How about you become intersectional? Okay, bitch. Then you can plug the podcast. I'm,
0: I told you over the phone. I'm waiting to see how this plays out. Depending on how it goes, I'll do it in 18 months. Okay?
1: <laughs> well, it played out well. Um,
0: no, no, no. We have to We have to wait and see the numbers.
1: Yeah, we'll wait and see the numbers. But I'm going to be tweeting it to my new followers. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping we get some new listeners. Um, hopefully. I'm hoping that soon we're going to get to the point of listeners that we can start kind of having online conversations about what we talk about because i think that would be really cool to start getting feedback from people only if
0: they're smart
1: yeah although you know you need somebody to dunk on every now and then
0: no 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 i I make no mistake i allow all comments because we're trying to do numbers here but um if for a conversation to happen you're gonna have to come come at me with some points, not just uh, name calling. But I'll respond to you. I'm just not gonna conversate with you. But but, um, congrats, bro. That is actually a big deal. So, um, I it it kind of sucks that um, they've never met anyone like you or talked to anyone like you. But it is good that they can hear and they mm-hmm. can know you exist yeah. and they can um figure out that you know there is in a world where everything is the same it's okay to be different is uh, a good message so um, and it's
1: okay to be wrong because that's one thing i did say is that uh and i uh, i went into this on a twitter thread on my twitter um i did a pretty long thread going into my thoughts about what non-binary people actually are um I made sure to point out that, like, I don't know, you know, I'm so is something that I'm figuring out. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of real academic work that needs to be done on the subject. I can't say for sure what non-binary people are. I can't say for sure if there's like any physical, anatomical, genetic differences between us and any other people. Um, What I do think is useful, though, is looking at. You know, like, what can my, what does my gender do that is good and useful? You know, like, how am I going to use that in my work to be a better person and be more useful to my society? You know, um, and I, w- I went into that on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, you know, I just, I just, like I said, that just the main thing I just wanted people to get from it is that like, you are not like your politics and your identities should like be separate. They just really should be. You should not vote for people because you think, because you're black and you think that they're the only not racist in the country. That's a lie. They're lying to you and they want your vote. That's why they said it. And as we're seeing with all the various democratic policies getting passed, just because people say that they're fighting for black people doesn't mean their policies are going to be better for black people. Um, and the same goes for non-binary people and women and whoever else. And Also, the same thing goes for Southerners. I I didn't mention this in the podcast, but I think that's a very important point, too. You know, I see a, a lot of Southerners, especially in states like Florida, that tend to think we have to vote Republican. Otherwise, our culture, our traditional rural Southern culture is going to die. And that is an equally illogical stance is I have to vote for Democrats. Otherwise, we're going to descend back into Jim Crow. Like both of those stances are illogical. OK, and they and my biggest issue about those stances uh, is just that they they prevent you from not voting for people when they deserve to lose your vote. OK, because if you're a southerner and you your district has Marco Rubio, who doesn't fucking know anything about this culture, doesn't I get him. I don't really think he's like a, he's that much of a conservative. And he doesn't do much. He's a fucking asshat and. You you know you you if you keep voting for him even though he doesn't do anything for you then you're only hurting your yourself even though, even though he might be saying that he's on your side you know it's, it goes it's just, it goes the same way both ways you just should not vote for people if that's the reason that you're voting for them
0: it's really fucking simple stop listening to people and start watching people and yeah. see what they do yeah it, words. We have freedom of speech, which is a great thing in this country, but words are almost meaningless Mm -hmm. to my life actions, how people move. That's what matters. Stop stop fucking listening to people. They're going to, everyone's going to sell you a dream. Watch how they move and how they act. That's how you know how to judge a person
1: precisely because we've seen you know we i've seen we've seen right now like the republican party has too many people who claim to be conservative and they're do they're not conservative they don't behave conservatively their policies are not conservative i mean look at fucking what's his name ted cruz leaving texas during that winter storm essentially abandoning his state to go to cancun that's not what a conservative man would do. Okay. A conservative man would be there in the middle of the action doing what he thinks need, doing what needs to be done and helping as many people as possible. That nigga's not a fucking conservative. Will Republicans still vote for him? Yes. Thank you. In elitist. They'll still vote for him though. They'll still act like he's defending conservatism and southern culture or whatever. It's total, it's total. We just gotta stop believing these people. We just gotta stop believing them.
0: Yeah. I don't know what uh what Greek philosopher? One of those douchebags who just sat around all day and <laughs> smoked, but he said, "You are what you do. Intentions, while they're nice, they don't really matter at the end of the day. You are what you do. So um, that's how that's how the world is going to judge you. That's how you're going to be judged in a court of law. That's mm. how life works." That's how we need to judge
1: voters. Voters, We need to judge like that. That's what we have to.
0: If you had a friend, a friend who said all the right things, but never, never did what they said and treated you like shit. Are they actually a good friend? No. And any logical person would would recognize that. So hold other people to the same standard.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: who's your hemorrhoid of the week?
1: Yeah, I was about to say we're running long, so my hemorrhoid.
0: Well, see, I was going to transition instead of, you know, just stating what point of the podcast you were at because I'm a seasoned podcaster, but um, regardless of my fantastic transition and you're stalling, you're Justin's (laughs) episode 26 hemorrhoid of the week, everyone.
1: Why you got to do me like that? Um my hemorrhoid of the week. my Twitter. hemorrhoid of the week is all of the bots on Twitter. I'll take it to Twitter this week. Uh if you dip into any of uh, any conversation on Twitter it that is part of a thread that is about something that is very contentious politically, you will see unmistakably if you're looking for it, bots upon bots upon bots. Okay. I this and I'm just I'm tired of that because you, it's very apparent that when you look, when you get on Twitter and when you look at these these tough conversations that they're all being manufactured, probably by multiple people whose goal is really just to get us fighting, not to get us to fucking come to a conclusion. Uh, the reason I say is because I saw a Twitter, th- I saw a Twitter thread uh, uh, the other day that was about vaccine mandates um, and it was about Newsom's mandates in the thread about every five tweets you saw a variation of now do the unvaccinated or like now or now do the mandates now like is like i can't remember exactly the wording but it was like you essentially kept seeing the same tweet every few tweets over and over and over again that's fake i hope everybody knows that when they get into a fucking twitter thread and they and they see the literal same statement posted and posted and posted and posted those are bots bitch can we like it's just quit the reason that it pisses me off because it'd be one thing if twitter was just like a like a fucking website but at this point i'm of the opinion that twitter is becoming something a lot larger than just twitter and a lot more powerful than just twitter because i know that's that's often the refrain a lot of people say it's just twitter but like our politicians are on there our politicians are listening to what's being said on there even if it's not real people saying it tons of people are, are on there you know so many people get their news from there it's become it's i don't know it, to me it's become a platform that like has larger power and responsibility than most other online platforms so when i see all of these conversations that are obviously manufactured by fake fucking profiles and then i see the re- the whole country looking at these this fake shit and then entertaining it as if it's real and it's making its way into policy and shit it just it just I don't know. Twitter, do fucking something about it, bro. These people, need to, they need to do something about it. I mean, you can manage to kick off Donald Trump. You can't manage to kick off the fucking Taliban. You manage to kick off everybody that has a question about the vaccine. You can't manage to kick off all the fucking fake profiles coming from Russians. OK, like, can we get it the fuck together? This is why I'm taking my talents to TikTok that might be the move. By the way, we're going to have to move from YouTube because the YouTube just announced that they're going to anybody that they're going to be kicking off people who question the vaccine. So we might have to start looking into some other platforms. Fuck my dick. YouTube. YouTube
0: has tried to get rid of me multiple times. I used to be a, a huge YouTuber that would make fail videos when I was in elementary school and they tried to get rid of me then and they still couldn't. They never will. I will. I am YouTube. Um, uh, they can try all they want, but, uh, they know where they stand with me.
1: <laughs> um, well, all right. I think that's, uh, that's enough out of me.
0: Okay. This is episode 26 of ask to knows also next week. We'll come at you with a hot new episode of one bear, one twink and one Asian, <laughs> uh, episode one,
1: maybe if he wakes up.
0: Yeah. But, uh, congratulations my friend um have a good have a good night evening afternoon uh make that bread um
1: oh yes i will you know it's funny i meant to i meant to i had a joke about how being a delivery driver is turning me into a uh a uh a capitalist not a capitalist a uh what what did you just call ted cruz elitist yeah 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 becoming kind of an elitist let's just say when i get a delivery and it's on a particular side of the tracks i know i'm not getting a tip okay (laughs) fuck those people
0: that's the way the industry the nightlife industry as i like to call it that's the way that's the way it goes sometimes
1: i feel like since it's legal for me to be paid seven dollars an hour it should also be legal for me to not take deliveries that don't include a tip we don't have to get into that. I'll probably bring it up next week.
0: Okay, we'll get into it next week. So we're gonna dive into Justin's racial issues uh, <laughs> next week.
1: All righty, everybody, thanks for listening to Ask the Nose. I'm, I'm ass, or he's ass, and I'm nose.
0: I'm a, I'm nose, and I'm ass. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye, everybody.